Hi, I'm Bishop C.H. Liggins Sr. And I'm Pastor Tammy Liggins. What's happening, y'all? This is question. And we have gathered together to share some good old round table talk. Woo! Yeah, all yeah. Right. All right. This is our first podcast, so um, we want you to sit back and enjoy it. You know what we're talking about, and then we're going to try to talk about very uh, important issues and everything. But we want everybody to subscribe and continue to support us as yes. this um, podcast uh, occasion grows and grows. Our first topic is going to be about Independence Day for African Americans. We as African Americans, we were stolen and brought over here, and we've been in bondage, and everybody knows about that part of history. But at some point, there was a change to where Abraham Lincoln did the Emancipation Proclamation, which freed some of the black people. It didn't free everybody. And then we had... Um, uh, Lincoln got shot, so somebody uh, somebody wasn't really pleased with that. Wow. <laughs> right? But Congress decided, let's keep this thing moving, and they made some amendments. They made an adjustment. They made the 13th Amendment, which talks about us um, uh, slavery no longer being legal in, in the United States. So that was a, a progress, a step up. But the issue was they did not say that we were Americans. So we still had issues. You, know, you, you can Google and be familiar with the Dred Scott decision. But not until the 14th Amendment did we, on paper, become Americans. Because on the 14th Amendment, it states that if you were born in America, you are an American and you have all the rights as as all Americans. So officially, July the 9th, 1868, is the first time we actually officially became Americans. Well, the the concern is, the thing we want to talk about is, um, how come nobody never taught us that? How come we didn't know about that? Y'all got anything to share on that issue? Well, I believe that it has to do with upbringing because if your parents don't let you know and it's not in the schools, it's not in any type of black history program, then uh, you're going to pretty much go with who you consider is a role model in your life. And so not to, you know, place blame on our our parents because if they – they just didn't know to they teach know. us those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, therefore, it became a pathology. It just came, you know, just went on from generation to generation. Um, so, you know, that's what I think. We just was not educated enough on the amendments. Yeah, and I'm 60 years old, and I'm just now learning about this this year. So that just lets you know that it's never wow. been in our vocabulary. But, Pastor Quincy, you got anything to share on this? Well, yeah, um, coming from a younger standpoint, I'm 28 years old. Uh-huh. And so um, coming from the younger standpoint, we weren't taught that in, um, in school when I was coming up. We weren't taught that at all. And um, I know my dad was a big history buff, and he might have mentioned it before. But what we were taught was really kind of prevented a lot of us from even learning or even having an interest in black history is that we're all just the same people. Yeah. So it didn't matter. And so a lot of times uh, in most of our and most of my generation, it didn't really matter because we're all supposed to be the same. We're all supposed to be looking at each other the same. Right. So the history is all supposed to be our history and not their history and my history. And that's what that's where the confusion comes from. And now you got my younger generation out here looking like, hey, man, it's an uproar because we're learning that. No, we're not the same. Right, right. And now we're seeing it ever the more so on television, on the news and everywhere else. We're not the same. And so it implored us to learn. And now you see we got what we got here. It blows me away that we, we celebrate the 4th of July 
we've always done it. We've always liked it. We popped the fireworks and everything. But I don't right. think anybody ever realized that that's, we actually have a day that we should be commemorating. We don't have to necessarily celebrate it officially on <laughs> a holiday, but at least commemorating that July the 9th is our actual historical first time on paper as being Americans. It's, it's kind of awkward, isn't it? Anybody? Yes, it is awkward. I wanted to ask Pastor Quincy, do you think that maybe because um, that you said it's supposed to be our history that since this has not been taught, since in my mind, black history has not been accurately taught to the younger generation, younger generation, that there's maybe a bit of a confusion. Uh, there's a bit of uh, confusion amongst the, the younger generation about who they are, their identity, and um, most they- definitely, I most definitely think so. I would, I do, and like I was saying, how the the curriculum changes over time. He who wins the war writes the history. And so okay. the, how what what's happening is is now instead of teaching about slavery, now they're teaching our children, my generation's children, that there was an African American migration. My goodness, like we were, like we're immigrants now, and so and that's in our school curriculums. And so they're not correctly teaching our children, and it's up to us. And that's if we don't point. know, they'll never know. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that go ahead. Also, go ahead. Please continue. Oh, well, I, what I was saying was is that, yes, that creates confusion because it's just like the Santa Claus thing. As a kid, you're told one thing, but then when you just peek outside the door at the right time, uh-huh. you'll catch mommy and daddy in there doing some stuff. <laughs> Bust you won't see Santa Claus. You see what I'm saying? Oh, it's like the same thing. Santa Claus. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like, it's America teaching us that we're all the same, but if you just look outside the window, or if you just turn on the TV, oh, wait a minute. That's not how it really is. That's right. And just real quick, and Pastor Quincy, I can remember when growing up, I would watch all of the Christmas shows with the white Santa Claus and and all the nutmeg and, you know, Uh all that kind of stuff. Rudolph and all that. Yeah, and at that time when those songs were being made, we were in chains. I mean, I I think Uh we were in chains. I have to look and see. I think we were, but I think that there was still... I think there was still still a separation um, when those things came out, and that's the reason why on the television you see um, a lot of uh, white actors. You see a lot of, you know, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. It, there's really not a big black presence. And when I finally understood who I am and where I came from, I was an adult just like Bishop was. I was an adult, and I'm like, "What? Are you serious?" You know, I was like devastated because this is how I had been developed right. uh, through the public schooling and also through the uh, culture and things around me. Right. And some of those things are very fun still. Uh, some of the holidays and some of the things we do. But as you come of age and you and you reveal um, how these things are not in our best interests, isn't it kind of hard to transition to younger people? Because they're going to say, no, y'all had Christmas. Uh, y'all be y'all pop fireworks all the time. Now, all of a sudden you're telling me that, you know, this is not to be celebrated. Um, well, I like what you said, Pastor Tammy. Um, you commemorate from a historical standpoint. Yes. The independence of this country. But you do not celebrate it. Could That's you expand right. on that? 
Yeah, it's it's good to recognize because we are Americans. We were born here in this country. It's not our lineage, mm-hmm. but uh, we are born here in America, so we are Americans. So we commemorate the holidays of America. Uh, we recognize it uh-huh. as far as celebrating. Mm. We only celebrate those things that pertain to our culture and okay. our lineage. Okay, And so we're living in, t- in a country where... Uh, Actually, the Indians had it first, but Uh-oh. but it, they have been inseminated, and uh, this is white American culture. Okay, that's what it is, okay. and so we need to have our own culture based on where our ancestors came from, and we can also commemorate, you know, the other cultures too. But we need to have an identity as well. Now, this is part of our uh, history of civilization, uh, Pastor Quincy. Uh, you can elaborate to where when the uh, Israelites were taken into bondage. Uh, in Egypt, uh, they spoke Hebrew, but it was a different type of Hebrew. And and what the Egyptians did, it, what the Egyptians did is they turned around and told them, you can't talk that no more. So they had to create some little sneaky, breaking down way of doing it. Doing it. So we still do that today. We Codes. celebrate a lot of things yeah. to where we've been, um, uh, what do you call it, it's been implemented inside of us with us right. not having a clue on why we're even doing it. Right. So 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 in closing, I just want to I just want to say that we want to make sure we get the word out there that July the 9th. And I hope something happens from this, that the July the 9th is the official yes. first day yes. that Give we as black free. people became Americans. That's the first day, July the 9th, um, probably next year. I'm going to do something July the 9th. Make it a feast day. Uh, I'm going to do something to to let my people know, my generation, my children, and my grandchildren know that this is the first day that this country said that we were Americans. American citizens. That's right. Anybody else before we move on to the next topic? Oh, we're good. Okay. Good, good. Once again, um, we are the Roundtable Talk. And uh, we encourage anybody to send emails or send Facebooks. Y'all know the social media thing. On um, Contact us if you have any other subjects to talk about, if you have any questions about these matters. Uh, we enjoy your company. We're going to move on to the next topic, everybody. Next topic we're going to talk about is the COVID-19. Going to talk All about right. COVID-19. But um, we're going to bring... Um, Let's talk about an African-American perspective because we're hearing a national perspective. We're hearing a global perspective, but I, I'm not sure if there's enough of us talking about how are we dealing with this and what is it, what is it, what's getting inside our head about this experience as African-Americans. So I, I, I want us to talk a little bit about that because there's a disproportionate amount of African-Americans that are dying, um, but they're not the only ones getting infected. But um we need to talk about what we can be doing and why are we having a challenge of not following the rules and guidelines to keep us safe. Anybody want to uh, expand on that? Okay. Well, I'll go. Go ahead, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I find that that is very interesting that the media focuses on and magnifies and amps up the effects of the COVID-19 on blacks. Um, as they call us here in America. Uh-huh. Um, you never know true data. Um, we can only go by what we believe to be true. And even though we can't test uh, their sources, their theology, or whatever methodology that they used, uh-huh. we can't test it. We just have to go by faith. 
Okay. And so one thing that we know for sure is that a lot of us is dying. A lot of black people are dying. I have white friends, but I don't know a lot of my white friends that have caught COVID or they have people in their family that got COVID and passed away. Okay. Um, I've never heard of that. So it, it, the thing is, is that it's happening and we need to be smart about how we are conducting ourselves, even though we can't really test, even though we can't test the methodology, just know what's out there and just take cover. Do what you can to live. Most black people have diabetes. We are the highest ones in diabetes. Yes. And so when COVID hits, according to what we're seeing in the, in the media and other resources, that if you have diabetes, it's going to be 10 times worse than what is it is with someone that doesn't have diabetes. Yes, you're a high risk. Let alone high blood pressure. Yes. I mean, we have so many things that are going on with our senior uh, citizens that are black Americans. That is just ridiculous. And so we need to make sure, you know, we're not invincible. Everybody said, well, we're the chosen. You know, we're the elect. We're the remnant or whatever. Yeah, listen, that's what they say. Uh-huh. Listen, God has given us common sense, too. Okay. Um, if you don't do it for yourself, do it for that great auntie. Okay, that's Do it good. for that grandma, that great-grandma, because they were taught up on a system of suppression. Uh-huh. They ate foods because it was handed down traditionally is this is how you survive. That's it. And so you eat the, you know, the pig and you eat all of that. And a lot of times that results to bad diseases in us. Okay. okay there's, there's things out there. But... Um, we're not invincible. That's what I want everybody to know. Black people, someone said, black people can't get it. Black people can get the COVID. <laughs> Stop tripping. Stop tripping. <laughs> and I keep hearing most of the younger generation, you know, saying that I don't need a mask. I'm going to go, I'm going to go. Well, like once you have, Hello. you have a, like I said, you have a senior citizen that's saying, I'm not ready to go right now. You can be Real. a carrier. Real? Yeah. So for me. Hey, hey, that ain't my problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, give us the young perspective. How? What? What, what are the brothers and sisters again, saying out there? What problem, they saying about sir. this situation? Well, as far as the young younger perspective goes, my generation, uh-huh. a lot of us have gotten it, but uh, a lot of us have beaten it as well. Good, good. So it's kind of, it's kind of, it's not, it's not really affecting. The only reason it's affecting us is because our loved ones are dying, uh-huh. and so. A lot, but a lot of us in this, you know, in this day and age, in my my generation, unfortunately, and the younger ones after us, um, don't really care uh, about looking beside self. Right. A lot of times we just look at us, and we just want to go have fun. We ain't finna get barred from no doing our do. You know what I'm saying? If we right. got business. We gonna do get the business done, and then a lot of us are out here screaming YOLO and hotel. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So we just right. out doing we can doing you know doing whatever, and um, you find out that oh well shoot, I may I may not die, but Grandma and them might. That's it. Or, That's real. You know, might. That's right. Or, you know what I'm saying? That's real. The, yeah, a lot of the uh huh. A lot of the elders. You know a lot of the elders, when it first started happening, and I would go to some of the elders and saying, "You need to protect yourself and you know be careful and." 
know, they want to get a mask and sanitize. A lot of the elders are saying, you know what I've already been through? I've been through polio. I've been through, and they start naming all these diseases that they came through in their lifetime. Uh, but now, lately, you can't find no senior citizens, not no black senior citizens. They staying <laughs> home now because it's real. So it took a while for it to kick in for them. But the younger the younger people are now catching it like crazy. Yeah, and I got some statistics here. Good. Um, I got this from the center the center uh, for disease control and prevention. Okay. They say that non-Hispanics, African, no, I'm sorry, non-Hispanics, American Indian, or Alaska Native person have a rate approximately five times mm. than of non-Hispanic white persons. Non-Hispanic black persons have a rate. Um, approximately five times that of non-Hispanic white persons. Hispanic or Latino persons have a rate approximately four times that of non-Hispanic white persons. Um, Just trying to find here as far as just black, and I haven't gotten to that yet. Well, I know me with being in Kansas City, Kansas, uh, just give you an idea. Well, yeah, I did. I'm sorry, I did read that. That was the second one. Okay. Non-Hispanic black. I'm sorry. Go ahead. In Kansas City, Kansas. They got at this time they got 88 deaths, which is nowhere near what New York's dealing with. But just speaking from what we know, it's 88 deaths in Kansas City, Kansas. But here's the thing: is tripping up, tripping everybody out. 41 of them were black. So over a little bit over half of them were black. Wow. Right. So and. In some in some cases, it was all in the same place, you know, with some ministries or some uh, senior citizen homes. Um, so I think we're getting a grip on it. But I, I want to get the word out there that we really need to you know, let everybody know it is better to be safe and wise. You know, a lot of a lot of um, um, spiritual people. Uh, what what are they saying, uh, Pastor Timmy, about trusting God? And- Trust God and have faith and. It is a infringing on their um, freedom of um, religion, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and they say that they should be able to not wear a mask. And if you do wear a mask, that you don't have faith. Some people are saying sure. that. Some some people are serious about that. Pastor Quincy, you heard anything uh, strange that you heard some of your brothers say? Yeah, they say it's not real. Yeah, it's all conspiracy theory. They say that um, it has to do with the five G towers and everybody uh, screaming about that they had got hazmat suits on while they're putting towers up and stuff like that. They all say it's not real until you come to them and say, "Hey, man, my cousin died." Yeah. And then they come and tell you, "Oh, well, the doctors are getting paid forever for increasing the numbers <laughs> of the COVID nineteen, so they just tell you it's COVID nineteen, but really they could have died from something else." Wow. Wow. Said, man, look, look, whether, the whether denial is real. Not, right now, more people are dying in my family than ever before. And so if you're telling me that COVID-19 is not real because of your conspiracy theory, then I need you to go to God and I need you to tell him what you think and see what he thinks. Right. You know, God, God spoke of, God spoke of um, he will bring a great plague. So he's powerful enough to bring a great plague. And we talked about it earlier today. To where don't you think God could bring a plague to where we can't figure out how to fix it, right? Until He's ready for us to fix it. Um, so spiritual people, um, yeah, I I agree. Trust God, but don't don't mess with God. Don't make fun. Don't mock Him. If there's a big storm coming, you stay home. You don't go to church when there's a big tornado coming. 
So it's the same concept. And I like what Pastor Tammy said one day when this a lady was saying something about not wearing a mask. And Tammy said, uh, Pastor Tammy said, um, do you wear shoes? Right. Well, what, was you, what did you mean by that? What did you mean by that? Well, I mean, if you if you have that much faith mm-hmm. and you're saying that God is, and I'm not knocking anybody with cool. great faith. Right. That is just a wonderful thing. But if you're going to accuse someone of not having faith for wearing a mask, but then you walk out covering your feet, (laughs) covering your body, putting a hat on the head and glasses so that you can see when you drive. And wearing seatbelts. And you have, right, and wearing seatbelts, then you don't have any room to talk or uh, infringe upon my rights on wearing a mask, yeah, okay? That's yeah. like hypocritical, that's hypocritical um, behavior. Yeah. I mean, why are you wearing glasses? Because I'm nearsighted. Okay, well then, well, guess what? I'm wearing a mask <laughs> because I don't want to get infected. You know, the, a doctor tells you to wear a mask, you won't do that. But when a doctor tells you to wear glasses, why you jump up and wear glasses? Uh-huh. Oh, wait, wait, wait. They, hit you, you, they hit you with another one, though. They, wish, they hit you with another one. What? Not because you're wrong. Go ahead, yeah. please. But when they, when they say the mask, uh-huh. oh, but if you look at the box, it says does not protect from COVID-19. And so they go, they use that for all masks known to mankind. Right. So there's no right. point in having a mask at all, period. You're just going to catch it because it's airborne. See, That's what they say. You know what? I'm like this. If you got faith like that, have yeah. it all the way. Yeah. You know, be 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 a warrior for real. If you for got real. faith like that, don't put on no shoes, don't brush your teeth. Don't go to the doctor. Ooh. Don't take Tylenol. Why are you taking a Tylenol and you having a headache? Right. You got a headache and you taking Tylenol. If you going to be faith walking. Don't take the Tylenol. In that, in that perspective, <laughs> don't take no Tylenol, aspirin. Matter of fact, don't even take your medication. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. If you going to do this thing, do it all the way. Yeah. Run out Hold there on. butt naked in the neighborhood. You don't need clothes. You don't need those. No, you don't need. If you gonna go in, go in all the way. That's I trust, how I, feel. I, I trust God. I don't. I trust God. I don't care about. I don't care about wearing no clothes. I trust God. God knows what I look like. See how far that gonna get you too. <laughs> exactly. But that's how some of our people are thinking, and we just need to be bring awareness to where um, this is a storm going through, and we need to be safe and wise and get through this thing. Anybody else got anything on this before we uh, move on? No, not me. Good deal. That's some good talk. Once again, (laughs) we encourage everybody to um, email us or Facebook us or find a way to get with us and continue the conversation. And if you have any uh, topics that you want to talk about, um, let us know. We may have you come down and be a special guest. Yes. At this time, we're going to go ahead and before we go to the third topic, before we go to the third topic, we're going to go ahead and um, do a, take a short break and we'll have a little advertisement. And then we'll come back with the third topic. The ter- third topic is going to be voting or lack of. Look forward to hearing from you. Hang in there, y'all. Today's broadcast is made available through Z-Truck Marketing and Management. Pressing toward the day of tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we're back again. We're going to talk about a third topic. This is going to be our third topic, and it's going to be about voting or lack of. Woo! 
okay? Because we want to because we want to talk about the voting thing. Because you know, I said um last week, game recognized game, and if game recognized game, then we ought to know the power is in the vote. But um, my elders, um, they never really took serious in my circle of life. They didn't take serious um, all the other voting opportunities. They just focused on the presidential voting. So we had mayors and judges and district attorneys and uh, councilmen and congressmen that wasn't even um, getting voted on. And then we end up with a whole bunch, bunch of mess that people who don't support us at all, and they're the ones the movers and shakers making the rules. And then we sit around looking like Fufu the Clown, wondering how come we're not being supported. And so I want to talk today about how how come that is the case and how come we don't step up and get serious about this voting. Anybody want to share on that? Well, I, I think it has to what you were saying, you know, back in the day. Well, I'm kind of confused, actually. When you're saying that they were saying they, they didn't want to vote or they did vote? They didn't want to. They didn't care about okay. all those votes. All those votes. Okay. The way, you know, my family grew up, we always voted good, okay good because our ancestors fought and bled Ooh, come on for us to have a right to vote and going down to the voting booth being turned away zillions of times having dogs released on them having marshals policemen i mean i just saw a picture not too long ago of the knee on the neck with a woman a black woman back uh-huh. in those days and there was a dog around uh-huh. and so you know they fought and bled so that we can have a voice and I feel that it may be we feel entitled. Okay. We feel that things are good enough. And what happens is what happens happens. And if it does happen, it was supposed to happen. That's how it's like that passive, um, that passive aggressive or passive voice. All okay. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also, you know, I just want to hit on this. Parents are not really being responsible on educating uh, their kids on mm. how critical it is for them to vote. Yeah. As you can see, there are young parents now. You have young people that look, young parents that look just as young as the, the kid, you know, and they could be like a big brother, big sister. So they just don't see that it's important, in my view. <laughs> Pastor Quincy, how, well, give us the young perspective, because a lot of our younger brothers, they, they choose not to vote and they don't care about no vote. Why, why are they thinking like that? They're thinking like that because, um, if truth be told, we don't really know how the system works. Okay. We don't understand how the political system works. We don't, I mean, they, they go over it briefly in school. It's not really a big subject. We spent like, what, two, three weeks on it, and then you move on. Pass the but, test. Um, <laughs> yeah, you pass the test, and then you move on, that's it. But um, uh, at least in my schools, you mm-hmm. know, we grew up in black neighborhoods. They, they got a different curriculum okay. than in, you know other neighborhoods, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Well, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we just don't really, we don't understand how it works. And then from what we've seen with this last election, even if the most of us vote for one person, uh-huh. like if the one person gets a popular vote, so-called, that's what they uh-oh, say. Uh-oh. Because they got more votes yes. from the people. Yes. They can still lose. And so it doesn't make sense to a lot of us. And so we're like, man, our votes don't matter anyway. It don't count. It don't matter because they're going to put in office who they, who they feel like they're going to put in office anyway. So it don't matter. I think um, this generation that's aboard now, uh, since it's not making a lot of sense, um, they are the evolution of us as a civilization. And maybe this would be the opportunity for the majority people 
to vote to get rid of the electoral college. Because you, I think it needs to go. Yeah, because we are we we are advanced enough now to where we can represent everybody. We got social security numbers, and <laughs> and, and when I and, and when you turn fifty five, why the AARP know exactly you turning fifty five? <laughs> so we got the technology to account for everybody, and I think the popular vote would really make a difference. But um, this generation has got to push and make that thing happen. You know, that's it's up to us. We have the power, but we don't realize we have the power. Well, also, you know, unless you vote, you really don't have a voice and can speak up and make a change. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need some type of record that, hey, we have been voting because you never know. You may have somebody in office that may say, you know what, let's kind of audit what has been Mm. put on record and see if, you know, this particular group was not heard. And by us not voting, then... They can justify, well, the reason why they're not getting the funding, the reason why they're not getting uh, what they need is because they're not participating and uh, helping putting in candidates that represents their beliefs and values. And so it's kind of like the census. Mm -hmm. If you don't fill out the census, then your state or your neighborhood can lose funding because there's no voice. There's no representation there. So there's still power, even though we feel, even though young people may feel that, hey, it's rigged, it's a rigged system, we're not going to get what we want. Well, in a way, that's life. You're Uh you're not going to get everything you want, but at least you're doing your part to make sure you have some type of representation of what you stand for. Yeah. Well, and and actually, it's it's a little bit more than that, too. Come on. Because... um, what we were looking at is, okay, we recognize, you know, the sacrifices and the different things that um, the people that came before us did for us. But then we're looking at how, okay, you've done all that. Mm-hmm. And we understand that we recognize that and we're not downplaying you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, words got changed on paper. Yeah. But nothing got changed in reality. It's like you still walk down the street and you can still be in fear for your life when you see a cop. That's true. It's all the same. And so what really happened is what we're asking. Because a lot of us are realists or, or logical or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we look at things from a standpoint to where how it affects us right here, right now, me personally. And so if I'm looking at how y'all were scared to walk down the street uh-huh. to see a group of white people and thinking they're going to call the police on you, they're going to try to lynch you, something like that. We got the same fear. Okay. And so it's like, what was that, like 60, 80 years ago, around uh-huh. there sometime? Uh-huh. Yet 80 years later, it's still the same. It's amazing. So what really, what really has voting really done? It changed the words on the paper, but not the people. We got a long way to go. We got work to do, but um, yeah. the word talks about you no know, press towards the mark of the prize at a high calling. So we got to keep on pressing. Um, they may still get frustrated and they may find a loophole, but you know what? We we can't let off of them. Like um, like they've been saying, uh, they've been holding putting their, uh, their knee on our neck for a long time. It's time for us to stop them from putting our knee on our neck, and we need to get some more peanuts. We need to get some more advances. We need to keep pressing at this. Um, as long as you're alive. Strive to make things better, not just for you, but for your family and for your your people. So we got work to do, everybody. We got work to do. Um, at this time, we're, as we close and everything, we're going we're gonna to have one more segment. 
where Pastor Quincy, he's going to always be ready to give us some raw talk. And All right. You're going to find out what raw talk is because I'm going to tell you. The raw. When Pastor Quincy talk, he is bringing awareness and we ain't going to have no discussion about it. We're just going to let you know what you need to be aware of. And uh, if, you, if you have something you want to say about that, Don't once again, on you go Facebook, you go email, you go whatever. We'll make this information available for you. And uh, let's continue to, to have communication. As long as we're talking together, we contribute to being stronger together. Pastor Quincy, are you ready for the raw Here we go. talk? Here we go. Yeah, let's go ahead and hit that raw talk real quick. Don't give us help, some raw help, Lord. talk. We feel our help coming on. Speak, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. All right, you got the timer. <laughs> now, okay, flow man, with it. Flow now. with it. We'll get better. We'll just, get better. Go just, ahead. Just do what you uh-huh. do. All right. Okay, so uh, topic of discussions today was going over July 9th, COVID, and voting. And so... I kind of wanted to give a biblical perspective to how that really affects us mm-hmm. and what the most high really would like for us to do in those times. Cause a lot of times people want to say, well, God says uh, you should obey your masters and all this kind of stuff. Right. Well, it's not just that the most high God says so much more than just that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He says a lot of things in, in a historical perspective, Letting us know that the, his his chosen people, the children of Israel, mm-hmm. have gone through this many and many times before, and he gave us guidelines and he gave us rules and he gave us ways of escaping uh-huh. those rudiments that were against us. Yeah. And so I wanted to read something out of the Apocrypha mm-hmm. from First Maccabees chapter ten, mm-hmm. and it was um just showing how the Most High moves. Even when you think he's not there, even when you think he's being silent on you, he's still got moves in play. And so he may not say anything to you, but it's going to be some stuff happening. Yes. So check this out. Chapter 10, verse 1, it says, In the 160th year, Alexander, the son of Antiochus, surnamed Epiphanes, went up and took the Ptolemites, for the people had received him by means whereof he reigned there. Now that's letting you know what year it was at that time. And then also letting you know who's ruling. Now, Alexander, the son of Antiochus, obviously is not an Israelite. That means we're in captivity or the Israelites are in captivity. That means that they're serving under a different master that is not one of their own. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to jump down to, well, let's say, let's say verse, 23. Let's go to verse 23. And this verse right here, because Alexander did something that made his people pause. <laughs> it made them pause. And this, the people around him paused. They said, wait a minute. Why is Alexander doing this? Well, check this out. He says, what have we done that Alexander has prevented us in making amity with the Jews to strengthen himself? <laughs> wow. Now, what did Alexander do that gave amity with the Jews to strengthen himself? Uh-huh. Well, King Alexander, I'm sorry, I go back up to verse 18. King Alexander, to his brother Jonathan, sent, sent it greeting. 
we have heard of thee, that thou art a man of great power, and meet to be our friend. Wherefore now this thing, we ordain thee to be the high priest of thy nation, and to be called the king's friend. Uh-oh. And therewithal he sent him a purple robe and a crown of gold Whoa. to take our part and keep friendship with us. So in the seventh month of the 160th year, at the Feast of the Tabernacles, Uh-oh. Jonathan put on the holy robe and gathered together forces and provided much armor. This is what he did. And where, and where verse 22 says, whereof when Demetrius heard, he was very sorry. And that's what led to verse 23 saying, why is Alexander in turn betraying us, mm. trying to make himself better than us, mm. above us? Mm. Let's check this out. Now, this is what happened. Verse 24 says, I also will write unto them words of encouragement and promise them dignities and gifts that I may have their aid. Now, Alexander started a ball that started rolling downhill. Right. Because what he did was, since he pled to the Jews, now Demetrius wants to plead to the Jews. And so the Jews are just going to be receiving blessings. My, my. You get what I'm saying? Yes. So he said unto him, therefore, to this effect, King Demetrius unto the people of the Jews sendeth greeting. Whereas you have kept covenants with us and continued in our friendship, so-called, not joining yourselves with our enemies, we have heard hereof and are glad. Wherefore, now continue ye still to be faithful unto us, and we will recompense you for the things you do in our behalf, and will grant you many immunities and give you rewards. And now I do free you. And for your sake, I release all the Jews from tributes and from the customs of salt and from crown taxes. Wow. And from that which appertaineth unto me to receive for the third part of the seed and the half of the fruit of the trees, I release it from this day forth so that they shall not be taken of the land of Judea nor of the three governments which are added thereunto out of the country of Samaria and Galilee from this day forth forevermore. Wow. There's more. He says (laughs) in verse 31, let Jerusalem also be holy and free with the borders thereof, both from tents and tributes. And as for the tower, which is at Jerusalem, I yield up my authority over it and give it to the high priest that he may set in such men as he shall choose to keep it. Moreover, there's more. <laughs> I freely set at liberty every one of the Jews that are carried captives out of the land of Judea mm. into any part of any kingdom. And I will that all my officers remit the tributes, even of their cattle. Wait, there's more. <laughs> All, right. All right now. Furthermore. I have, to, I have to giggle every time you say that. Go ahead. <laughs> Furthermore, I will that all the feasts and Sabbaths and new moons and solemn days 
and the three days before the feast and the three days after the feast shall be all days of immunity and freedom from all for all the Jews in my realm. And there's, there is more, but I'm not going to read it all because, you know, time is spent. But what I wanted to get at is that even though they were going through all of that, mm-hmm. there were a faithful few that kept the faith. Yeah. yeah. They kept the commandments. They kept doing what they were supposed to do and took action, not only politically, but physically in a warlike manner. Yeah. Not, not saying that they meant to commit war, but they defended themselves against the atrocities of the people that was committing it against them. And so when they defended themselves under the banner of the Most High God, uh-huh. somebody had to start the ball rolling. That's, That's right. Somebody That's had to start it. Somebody's had to say, wait a minute. They didn't bent themselves up to be a strong and mighty nation again, and they rising. Mm. Let me get in good with them real quick Ooh, so man. that they can be with me when I go against my other folks. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yes. But oh, yeah. But then the other brother, then the other one said, no, no, no. Let me get in good with them. They're battling and competing against each other. Exactly. Uh, and then it made them, it gave them their absolute freedom. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Thank you, God. That's what we have to do. That's all we got to do. Keep the commandments in the faith and move when God say move. Yes. So we be out. That's good. That sounds like <laughs> something need to be on a t-shirt. Move when God say move. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be all right. That's it for the wild corner, though. Appreciate it. All right, that's some good word. That's some good awareness, and uh, we enjoy that raw talk because uh, sometimes we got to hear it raw. Yeah, got to hear it raw. So as we go ahead and close on out of here, um, thank you again for coming on to our roundtable talk. We enjoyed you. Yeah, those of you who are, who are listening. And we once again recommend that you subscribe and attach on. Don't miss out any of these because we're going to have some good talk. Tune in with us next episode to where we're going to talk about uh, subject matters of black business support, financial empowerment, and bankruptcy and credit scores. Uh Uh-oh. You know, black (laughs) people need to know about these things. Okay, We got to know game recognized game and we will grow if we know how to benefit from the game that's right all right i always lose a monopoly but you know what somebody gotta win so that's what we're going one day Uh, i'm gonna win win. i'm gonna win we don't know where that's gonna be but Uh you're gonna win one day but i'm gonna keep on pressing (laughs) keep on pressing keep on pressing thank you everybody have a great day and may the lord god bless you real good